Welcome back, guys. It's Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. Before we do, as always, Lawson's going to bring us the next question for our quiz. All right, number four. Which apostle took his wife with him on missionary journeys? Man, if you know, 0491-064-669. We've got the first ever kind of husband-wife duo here, ministry couple, power couple, getting it done. If you know the answer to that one, you will go into the draw to win our book for this week, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, which will be drawn, this draw, it will be finally drawn at around 8.45 today. So stay tuned till then so that you can hear, you know, who won, especially if you are in the draw. But if you would like to be in the draw, answer these questions correctly. Again, that question was, which apostle took his wife on missionary journeys with him? All right, so let's head to text messages. Let's see what you had to say about the first half of the show. And then we would like to hear what you've got to say about the second half. So in relationship to the stories about whales and whale songs, Mm. uh, Darren's texted through to say, powerful parenting moment right there. We need to sing the songs of our tribe to our children. Mm, True. There you go. And then learn some new songs from other people and sing those ones as well. Mm. So, yeah, great. Great thought right there. And I guess uh, I wonder whether the whales are singing. Maybe that's why they're singing. Maybe they just they want to teach their kids their, the songs of their tribe. It's parenting. Wouldn't it be funny if it was navigational? Like the song was actually the you know the, the GPS sort of. The GPS locations, locations for, uh, for how like, to get to New Zealand, how yeah. to get to Tasmania, how to get to Antarctica. <laughs> Keep swimming for 10 more knots. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant GPS as in, like, oh, you hear this sound and go that direction over, no, just literally. Like, yeah, no, no, they're stepping it out, like, turn uh, left, turn okay, right, yeah. turn left. Swim two days, get to Harvey Bay, there'll be lots of tourist boats. Yeah. Swim Don't eat more. tourists. You You'll can't get to the digest Coast. them. Yeah. There'll be lots of tourists. Uh-huh. You know. Get to Tasmania, there'll be less. <laughs> That's Who so knows? Funny. Who knows? Okay, what else we got here? Uh, let's find some more text messages. Okay, the ice. A couple of days ago, I was listening to a tra- presentation of a person who was number one supplier and distributor of ice in the United States. He said that it was totally government controlled via black ops for the destruction and mind control of the population. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. What we do know, what we do know, Okay, so this is this is it's like mm, okay maybe, but what we do know is the CIA in the past yeah. has been involved in importing drugs. Yeah, they Opium. have they have been absolutely up to their eyeballs in that. Opium, Afghanistan. Yes, all that good stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, not good stuff, but you know what I mean. <laughs> all the bad stuff. So you know, you read something like that, it's like that's pretty wild. But the, the thing it- is, today in twenty twenty two, there's nothing that will surprise me anymore. No, that's right. Because like, there's so much stuff that started off yeah. as conspiracy, it kind of turned out to be pretty solid. Yeah. Mm. But then again, there is some fringe stuff. Mm. We Who don't knows? Know. Who knows? Who knows? Definitely, um, there's definitely some history that we could look at that would uh, would say that it's plausible. Mm. Okay, Myth can't busters. wait. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Mythbusters. It's yes, plausible. It's plausible. That's <laughs> yeah. right. All right, I uh, can't wait till the new Earth. I will make one of the whales a friend and travel on his back uh, to the depths of the much smaller oceans. Yeah, true. <laughs> I wonder whether they will be as deep. Mm, I hope so. I want to explore the oceans right now. Like, I just want to go swimming down there. At the same time, down I, there. I don't want to get crushed. But, like, yeah, it's just so cool. 
Okay, in China for 4,000 years, their calligraphy taught about the Christian God of heaven. Um, it seems it was during the communist revolution that it was basically forgotten. Uh, purposefully, of course, God and his message in history reached every nation of the world, but the Jesuits made sure of its destruction in most of the nations they reached. I'm talking about the true religion of God. It seems that even Genghis Khan accepted some of its teachings and some of his family members were Christians, that's true, and he allowed religious liberty as long as it didn't disturb the rule of his government. That is also true. Um, so, Robbie, you lived in Asia. I did. For quite a number of years, and you made the research of uh, Christianity in Asia. I, I think you, you I, spent quite a bit of time researching this kind of The research I was doing was on the impact of, well, the, the God of the Ancient Chinese. That's the title of the research that I did. So when you look at the historical Chinese classical texts, which date back, like they cover stories back to like 2200 BC, mm-hmm. um, you find very compelling evidence that they had a single view of God, a creator God, a personal God, um, which parallels almost identically to what we would see in the Hebrew text, but it predates it. That's that's really, really um, quite remarkable. Now, there's a mention here in this text message about the communists obliterating that. If yeah. you've got any comment made, make in relation, yeah. Look, there's probably two things with China. One is is that there was relig- there was a worship of a single god called Shangdi, like for at least four thousand years before the Communist Party even existed. Yes, mm. that got corrupted and polluted with the introduction of Buddhism. Um, that's kind of where it starts. It was still in the text. It's still in the text today, but the behavior and the practices changed with the influence of Buddhism. And the reason for that is is that in the text, the ancient text, they were looking for a holy man from the West to come to give them enlightenment. And they saw that as Buddha, but before that was actually Christ. But that's another story. It's mm. kind of interesting. So it's a Western. Wow. But with communists coming in, they did exactly that. They annihilated and wiped out all religion. And the traces and remnants of what was in China at the time was taken across to Taiwan with Chiang Kai-shek. And so Taiwan... Which is where you were Which is where I was based. For what, I was based there for four years in yeah. Taiwan. And so in Taiwan, they still have all of the um, treasures from China that they took over when the communists were doing their thing in the mainland, and they have preserved traditional Chinese writing and calligraphy. So if you go and look at Chinese writing in in, uh, mainland China, it's called simplified, and if you go to Taiwan, it's called traditional. It's a lot more complicated, but it actually has all of those what that what the listener's talking about, the calligraphy, mm-hmm. it's all in the traditional. If you go look at the Chinese today, the modern Chinese, it's not there because they've simplified it. And the reason they claim that was because they wanted the peasants to learn how to write easily. I mean, it's a super complicated language to, to learn to write and so on. If like I was that. Chinese, I'd be glad they simplified it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But at, by doing that, though, you, 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 lose the- you lose this connection. Like, for example, there are letters that you would write, or not letters, pictures, like, for example, the picture of righteousness. If you write the word righteousness in traditional Chinese, you were drawing a picture of a lamb being slaughtered to cover you. That's yeah. what you are writing. No, but in simplified Chinese, you're not doing that. Yeah, mm. yeah fascinating, fascinating history there. Okay. Uh, okay, let me see what else we've got here. Um, okay, this is Braden, my... Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Lyle, 
My other son, it's, who is a little yeah. sick. Okay, so my other son, who was a little sick, was disappointed that he didn't get to hear you guys yesterday. So I woke oh. up at 7 a.m. to listen. Good morning, everybody. That's, that's pretty epic. Yeah. We love it when kids come on the show. We love it when kids are listening to the show. We've got a kid who's going to come on the show. One of our, one of our fans who is a kid is going to be on the show. Producer Shell, do we know when that's going to happen? Monday. On Monday. Okay. That's awesome. On Monday, we're going to have yeah. a very special guest on the show. So that's going, and he'll be here for the whole of the breakfast show. So. Brandon's referencing yesterday when Mon came on the show, and you know we we're talking about how there's certain listeners who kind of get under Mon's skin by like talking about mushrooms and stuff like that when she comes on the show. That's what the and, text. Was. I was reading one the of text. The, I'm like, Wah. one of one of them was Brayden, and we mentioned Brayden's name, and then he sent us a text message back saying, "Hey, my son, me and my other son was listening to the show, and we heard you guys talking about." and it was really cool and so yeah so good that you, man the family the family who listens <laughs> faith to faith of them together stays together that's uh, right we love you guys yeah we absolutely love you guys let's get to our bible study and we are talking about the valley of the shadow of death we talked about that a bunch yesterday you did yeah okay, so we're not going to talk about the valley of the we're, shadow we're, of death we are going to talk about the table today yes psalms 23 and verse 5 oh let's go I forgot I wasn't here yesterday. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, well, well, you're picking it up from... This is this is where we're up to. No, this covered, is not where we're up to. Covered material. All right, Psalm 23 and verse 5. Yes. The Bible says, You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You're on, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Okay, so here's an interesting question. Who wants to eat in the presence of their enemies? I mean, my enemies, I want to be as far from them as possible. Hmm. Why does why does the Bible say that the shepherd prepares a table in the presence of our enemies mm. when we wish their enemies were on the other side of the world or on the other side of the universe? I mean, who really wants to sit down with these guys hanging around? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so what do you think, guys? Why is, why is God preparing the table in the presence of our enemies? Why is the shepherd preparing the table in the presence of our enemies? Isn't this like the ultimate boss move? Like to prepare a table in the presence of your enemies? Like the ultimate, like, just confidence move? Like imagine if you are so unfazed by your enemies, the people who hate you, that you're just like, oh, I'll, I'll eat in front of them. You, you, just, you just don't care. You just... And I, I feel like okay, the, you know, there's there's something to that, but I think in in this sense, like the shepherd preparing this. So table, it's a power move. What you're saying is, this is a power move in, in some sense. Like, and I think especially like in the context of the shepherd, who is the shepherd? It's Jesus. It's you know God who is leading us in these ways. It's like preparing a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Like, who is really our enemies on the on this earth? Well, it's Satan. It's Satan, right? Yes. Uh, but other people are just like, you know, yes, they can act as enemies towards us. But ultimately, like, we're all both perpetrators and victims of sin. And so preparing a table in the presence of our enemies is actually a, a useful thing because that can, in a roundabout way, lead to ultimately reconciliation. So interesting thoughts coming out here, Robbie. What have you got to? What, what's, what's your thoughts on yeah. the preparing table in the presence of our enemies? There's there's two things that jump out to me. The first goes along with that line, right? It's it's kind of striking that it's it's almost like justice is being served here. Like the enemies there, they're obviously an enemy because they're trying to do something negative to the 
the person that's now at the table, right? Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, yeah, you you would, and the thing is, it's the shepherd that prepares the table, right? Mm-hmm. So the shepherd here is like the the judge almost, like he's showing, you've you've done this wrong to my sheep, my people, and now I'm going to show you the reward sort of thing. But the second thing that sort of stands out is that the enemy is still alive here. The shepherd doesn't annihilate the enemy. Yeah. Interesting. So is the preparation of the table for the actually for the enemy to witness? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is the shepherd some kind of mediator in in the midst of this, you know? Okay, okay, so let's put this in the in the in the, in the let's put this in the context of an ancient shepherd uh-huh. and see if we can learn anything from that. Does the shepherd have to go out and kill every bear and lion that turns up or can he just protect his sheep. Yeah, I think ultimately it's just protecting the sheep. I mean, if the shepherd's... And if, can the shepherd just sort of kind of keep an eye on the lion that is lurking? Yeah. Knowing that he can drive that lion off at any point. That's right. That's kind of what I was getting at initially. It's like you could be so confident in your ability to protect the sheep that you don't even need to destroy its enemies. You know, you can create a situation where they actually live harmoniously with the enemies. I mean, I would never have that confidence myself. If I was a shepherd and there was a lion, (laughs) no lion. Regardless of whether the lion was a threat or not, as my job is to protect the sheep, there is a lion. Lions eat sheep. Therefore, the lion is now dead. (laughs) There's a a reading here, a a commentary note by Spurgeon Mm. on this passage, right? Mm -hmm. And Spurgeon writes this, he says, When a soldier is in the presence of his enemies, he eats all that he snatches at his hand in a hasty meal. But oh, not so. here's, another interesting, here's another interesting thought. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Keep he going. says, but not so in this passage. He has prepared a table. There is a picture here of there is no hurrying, there is no confusion, there's no disturbance. So mm. the person at the table is not super stressed by the enemy. Yeah. Yes. You're thinking, I can see. I am. And I'm putting it into sheep context and I'm thinking, okay, I'm a sheep. (laughs) I'm eating grass. There is a lion and I'm just eating grass because there's a shepherd there. Why do I care about the lion? A lot Mm. of trust. There's a lot of trust in this passage. Yeah. So I'm covered by the blood of the lamb. I do not have to fear. Mm. I don't have to have to live in fear. There's a million enemies around us in this world. There's a million things. There's a million... uh, Beings, both human beings and spiritual beings that are trying to destroy us Mm. on a daily basis. And there are so many things that we could be fearful of. Mm. And so, because of that, so many people live in fear. Anxiety is one of the biggest issues that we we, we face in Australia because people live in fear. And what the Bible is saying is, yeah, those things exist. Mm. Why are you worried about them? Mm. If you're a child of God, if you're covered by the blood of the Lamb, why are you worrying about these particular issues? Yeah. Okay, so um, <clears throat> Raphael says this, this world belongs to the enemy. They will always be around us and still he will supply our needs and a table full of blessings. So in, a se- in essence, living here in this world, we're behind enemy lines. Mm. Absolutely. We, we, we yeah. live surrounded. You know, there is nothing more fearful than for a a military unit to be surrounded. Mm. Uh, if you join, say, for instance, if you become a paratrooper, you are trained to be surrounded because mm. by nature 
the operation that you're going to carry out is one in which you are surrounded. My grandfather was a part of the Double Diamond Commandos in World War Two. He went to Papua New Guinea and Borneo, and that was his job, was to go behind be, enemy, behind enemy lines, lines and be surrounded. And be constantly surrounded. Like, he was, you know, 21 heading over there. He was a con- conscripted, well, most people volunteers, but, you know, he was a volunteer, but it's kind of like he wasn't a soldier until they trained him up to be one. He went and trained up north and then flew over there. But, yeah, that was his, that was his deal. Okay, so as Raphael points out here, we are surrounded. We live that way. Mm. Which for a normal soldier, that's terrifying. Yeah. But for us, it's like, yeah, we'll sit down at a table. Mm. We'll set the table. We'll put everything out in order on the table because we are super relaxed. Mm. Which comes back to your original comment about the boss move. Yeah. Because, like, why are we relaxed? Because the shepherd is there. That's right. It's the shepherd who's protecting, ultimately. It's if not- he wasn't there, though, it'd be a different picture, I think. Mm, yeah, definitely. Very, it's, very different picture. It's not very like the sheep picture. has struck a deal yeah, with the lion exactly. here. There's no know, negotiations. To, yeah, and yeah just, no, like the lion wants in. Yeah. 100%. He's still there too. Yeah. But it's the she- like the sheep is so confident in the shepherd's ability to protect them that, you know, they're, they're going to eat. Okay, so Bruce says this, the table is in front of the enemy so that they can see he is real, so that they can see that he, that's God, is real and that God blesses his people. I think mm-hmm. I've got the correct uh, yeah. so capital, could capital H is there. Also be a witness to the enemy themselves. That's a valid point as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we've got some lessons that we can learn out of this. Let's let's talk about what types of enemies we have in our life. Um, Lyle Southwell. Uh, sorry, sorry. The just, 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 compu- just compulsion, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something compelled you to say I mean, that, I, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's interesting with this particular passage that there's a sequence, right? There's a progression in the sequence of the verses. Mm. So you've already probably looked at verse 2 where he's, He's learnt to lay down in the green pastures, right? Mm. He's being led beside still waters. And then he goes through the valley of the shadow of death. So there's a, there's the enemy is death in the passage there, right? And now is like a victory scene. Mm. He's enjoying the uh, the fruit of the, the shepherd's journeying. And yeah. now he's just sitting there, this picture of complete trust. So, so the, it doesn't start with... You know, you've, you've first come to the shepherd and it's like, okay, I'm going to set a table and yeah, you're going to be surrounded exactly. by lions yeah. and you can eat. There's a journey. And the journey here is doing two things, I think. One is it's the, the sheep on the journey here knows that there are things trying to destroy it. There's no food. There's no water. There's stuff in this valley of death. But by the time it gets to this verse, it's got trust in the shepherd because the shepherd has led all through all of this. And now the sheep can sit down and go, I'm just going to enjoy the meal now. Mm. Because I've learnt to trust that whatever is out there, whoever the enemy is, whether it is Lyle Southwell, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> this is essentially like the you know the classic like hero's journey story archetype that yeah. we see. Like every story is based on the idea of like okay, in the you know everything's peaceful, but there's something wrong, and then you go on the journey, and then when you finish the journey, it's like okay, everything is actually solved, and everything is actually good. That's what we see taking place here, which not only represents like you know our lives. But I would say furthermore, like the history of the entire world and universe, like this is this is ultimately, like, I feel like this 
story has so much application in so many different scenarios, but I think mainly like the history of humanity itself. Mm. Like humanity has is a sheep that has gone astray, that has been led through valleys of, that was good in the beginning and then was bad and will eventually be good. Like this is this is what God is ultimately trying to achieve in humanity. And we end up at a table. Epic. Where, oh, there's, where there's food. Yes. So we've got a major distraction from all of the things that would normally give us anxiety. We've got the most pleasant distraction that you can think of, and that is being able to sit down and eat some pleasant food. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Bring us our last question. This is your last opportunity to get in the running for the Leatherbound Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. We've been promoting this one all week. This is your last chance. Mm. All right. Here we go. Who used this term, rock of our salvation, to describe God? If you know, 0491064669, I'll give you a quick clue. Kind of related to what we've been talking about in our Bible study today. That was a big clue. Zero four nine one. Oh, I just want people to get in so they can win this book. Okay. <laughs> zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. Again, you will get into the draw for the quiz. This is your last opportunity to do so. We will be drawing the quiz in about. 15 minutes time so be ready for that but again that question was who used the term rock of our salvation to describe god 0491 all right let's talk about enemies and how we should relate to our enemies because uh-huh. we have a table that here that is spread in the presence of our enemies let's think about the enemies that we have other than satan so we're going to take satan out of the picture here for a moment think about the enemies that you have in this life and how should you respond to them matthew chapter 5 and verse 44 is where we're going to go matthew 5 and verse 44 the bible says but i say love your enemies pray for those who persecute you that's pretty radical okay yeah doesn't it say and despitefully use you yeah uh well in my bible it says persecute you that's lame. Yeah, not not quite, not quite yes. up to scratch. Not not quite up to despitefully use you. Yeah. I, you know because we have all kinds of different enemies, and enemies that use you. There are there's a they're a particular type of enemy, aren't they? Mm. Well, if they're using you, it means that they started off as a friend. Yeah, that's right. Which mm. is pretty, 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 pretty bad. Low. Yeah, it's pretty low. Mm. It's like yeah, I think like. Disloyalty is probably like the one of the biggest hurts we can receive, like one of the most painful Stabbed things. in the back. Yeah. Whether it's in the friendship context, the colleague context, the marriage context. See, persecute, which your translation uses right there, I think is actually much easier to bear than being backstabbed by your friend. Yeah. Because mm. you mm. expect that from people that aren't yeah. in the inner circle. Yep, mm. absolutely. There are, you know, if, if I make a, a, a public comment in, a, in, in an evangelistic program or on social media where there is a wide variety of the community that is listening, I expect that there are going to be at times uh, people who are going to disagree with me and express that disagreement. Mm. I expect that. That's fine. I don't feel bad about that at all. But when somebody who was when your Lawson friend, tells you your enemy, <laughs> yes, when Lawson says I'm his enemy, then I'm just gutted oh, and stabbed in the sorry, back. Sorry, I didn't know you felt just, that way about it. I'm just devastated. Oh, 
So her. Senior no, Lawson, you? you were in... I feel like a counsellor now. <laughs> you were a sad guy. You were in Lyle's inner circle. Yeah. But you're obviously not got him in yours. Wow. That's tough. Oof. That's I, I can read oof, the that's language. Tough. Oof. The oh, pain, sorry, pain. Lyle. Okay, so what do you need to do to me then, according to the Bible? The Bible says this is what you got to do, Lawson. Uh, pray. For? Your enemies. Me? Yeah. Me? Yep. So love them? Uh, yep. Yeah, okay. you got to love me? In that way, this is the next verse, in that okay. way... Uh, if the Bible says, you will be acting as the true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives sunlight both to the evil and to the good, and he sends out rain on the just and the unjust alike. So, Lyle, even though you are evil and unjust, I will still love you and be kind <laughs> to you. You know, Lawson, Lawson in uh, verse 44 in the original Greek, oh, it says, oh, okay. here we go, here we go. Says, love here we go. your enemies and bless them. Ah, and the word "bless" in Greek means to bestow with great praise. Oh, okay. So start praising Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to Romans chapter twelve, and let's continue on here. Romans twelve, but you know, Lawson and I and, and Robbie, we're having a bit of fun here this morning as mm. we talk about this. But this is actually very serious, and mm. I want you as a listener to think about: okay, who are the enemies in your life? Because we mm. live in a world oh, where totally. there is no, there is no one who goes through this world without having mm. been in conflict with another person at some point. Mm. Think about who that person is and think about, okay, how do I respond to that person? How do I treat that person? What do I do with that person? Am I praying for that person? Mm. Because some people are like, I could never love my enemies. Okay, oh, so don't true. start there. Mm. Start by praying for them. You can do that. Mm. And don't pray that you know, God sends down fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might be the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually, that's a really good point though. Like, to begin loving our enemies and yes. having any type of reconciliation towards them, it begins with praying for them. Okay? That's right. Like it begins with in some way trying to seek their best interest. But it's like, how can I even seek the 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 best interests of my enemy when they're so terrible and I hate them so much? Like I don't want good things to happen for them. Like I, I don't want that at all. And it's like, okay, well, then the step before that, preceding that, is to go to God because you are an enemy of God. Like, you've caused mm. God so much pain, and you have caused God so much anguish, yet he has loved you so much that he's given everything for you. And so, in his example, in, in, and that's kind of what the verse was getting at, is getting to the example of Christ himself. Like, you need to realize, firstly, you're an enemy of God. He's loved you and accepted you. And when you start to see other people the same way, like, okay, yes, they're my enemies, but they're also enemies towards God, but God is reaching out to them, man. Is it is it easy or is it hard for me to reach out to them? It's difficult, but if God is willing to do it, then I should be willing to as well. Absolutely. We're in Romans chapter twelve. Uh, we yes. Um, just hold that verse for a moment. I've got a text message coming here. The that story of Robbie's in China was my first introduction to his work. I do love his programs. That's Thank from Margie. You. Ah, awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> Praise God. All right, so Romans 12, verse 18 to 21. Um, what do you got there, Lawson? 18 to 21, the Bible says, as I find it here on the page, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Do not let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Okay, so we've got a text message that came through um, on this that gives another perspective of 
eating in the presence of your enemies. Mm-hmm. I set a table before you in the presence of my enemies. Okay, so think about this perspective. This is uh, uh, coming through on the text message. It says, invite your enemies to the table full of good food. Mm-hmm. The good news, nothing better in, in making friends out of enemies than having a good meal. <laughs> True. After all, they must be starving because they don't have the gospel and love mm. of Jesus. So there's another view of this. You know, there's, a, there's a whole different ways that we can look at this passage here of, uh, you know, I set a table in the presence of your enemies. We can, we, we can look at it as, you know, that boss move where you have nothing to fear. Mm. The shepherd is there. We're going to sit down and eat and have a very pleasant meal here while we are surrounded by the enemies of this world, Mm. while we are surrounded by Satan and his evil angels because we have nothing to fear. Mm. But then we discuss discussion about human enemies and the Bible says pray for your enemies, bless your enemies, do good to those that hate you and despitefully use you, Mm. make peace with your enemies, pour coals of fire on your enemies by making peace with them. And maybe at this particular point, that table can have another purpose. Mm. Maybe now we're not talking about Satan and we've got our enemies that are around us that are starving, hungry, have no idea how hungry they are until they see the table we have, Mm. until we invite them to come and sit at that table. I mean, is there a better way of making friends than sharing food together? And the moment that you have made friends with your enemy, you have conquered your enemy because you no longer have an enemy. And that's the purpose of conquering an enemy, is to no longer have an enemy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Got answers for our quiz, and we're going to get a winner. Okay, so what we're going to do is going to do the draw now. Going to hear that wheel spin. And then... The person we're gonna, we're going to know who the winner is. Yes. But then our producers going to try and get them on the phone, and whilst the producers trying to get them on the phone, we'll, we'll read through though. some. No, we'll read oh, through we'll some answers. answers. Okay. All right. All right. So let's go. Let's spin that wheel. Okay. You can hear it spinning. We can see it spinning. It's, it's slowing down. D- don't announce who it is. We have a winner. It's blue. It's well, not, okay, 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 there we go, we've got a winner. It's, it's actually a name, this is a bit of a well-known name. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I let's, know this name, I know this let's, name. Let's read through some of the answers for the quiz this week. We had, the, the first answer was pigs, that's, you know, Matthew chapter 8, that's, you know, what the demons <laughs> ruined a herd of. Okay, the next one, how old was Jehoiash when he became king of Judah? Do you guys know this one? I... I don't know if you're saying the name right because I might be confused. Yeah. Okay. He was the young guy. Yeah. He was what? Seven, eight. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, complete the verse. Blessed are the poor in spirit for they, for, you know. Um, I thought you knew that you said you I'm reading text answers. messages here while you're trying come to ask on, questions. Come on. I'm Blessed double, are the poor in spirit for. There's is the kingdom, the of, kingdom heaven. of heaven. Right. The next one, which apostle took his wife on his missionary journeys? We know that was Peter. What a guy. Missionary couple right there. And finally, who used the term rock of our salvation to describe God? The answer to that one was David. Now, producer Shell, do we have do we have him on? We, we don't. Uh, they're not answering their phone. They're well, not picking well, up. We'll keep trying here. I've got a couple of text messages. Sky says this. I have just I have chosen forgiveness. Uh, I've chosen forgiven and love to someone who is still abusive. However, I still believe we need 
boundaries with some enemies. I yes, can only agree. avoid their abuse by blocking them. Absolutely. Agree. Could not agree more. It's important that forgiveness doesn't equal necessarily reconciliation. That's right. Mm. Because there are two parts to this equation yeah. and you can only control your, your side of it. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Uh, and then Ivan says, great topics today, guys. Love your show. Have we got anyone on the phone here yet? We, oh, do. Oh, we do. We do. We do. Welcome we do. to the show, Braden. Congratulations for winning our book for this week, Thoughts on the Mount of Blessings. Thank you very much. How are you going, Lawson Lyle? Yeah, fantastic, oh, Braden. You know, Braden, I've seen your text messages come through from time to time, but I never knew your last name until today, and it came through on the uh, when the wheels spun. I'm like, there you go. Now I know, I now know something know else about Braden. you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I go, go to your son, your son's church. So, ah, fantastic! Hey, Braden, do you um, do you, do you you ever won many things in your life before? Like you know, randomly <laughs> off the radio or anything? Apart from from you guys, no, not really. There you go. So something very special. Well, congratulations! We're so glad that you won this one. We hope that you uh, enjoy it and are blessed by it and are able to keep this one for a very very long time. It's certainly a nice gift. Mm. Thank you very much. Awesome. So that was Braden, winner of this week's prize. And, of course, there'll be another prize next week. So get your thinking caps on and get ready to uh, to get your name in, see if you can get in for the prize. However, we have come time for... Right now. <laughs> ah, we've got... Shell. Shell, come on. We, we can't Chris have questions Shell, though, without pushing the button. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Question of the day. We'll cut us some slack on that one. She was on the phone. But, hey, our question of the day today comes in from David, and David asks, did John the Baptist eat real locust bugs or the locust plant? Okay. This is an interesting one Mm -hmm. because you've got an option between the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bible says that he lived on wild locusts and honey. Mm -hmm. Some people will claim that because of that he lived off grasshoppers Uh and honey. Others will claim they lived off the off the locust bean or the locust plant and honey. The evidence for this is conclusive. He lived off the locust bean. And I'll tell you why it's conclusive. Mm-hmm. You can only live off locust bugs when there is enough of them to feed you and that can only ever be during a locust plague. A locust plague, by definition, can only last for a very short space of time because they eat everything in existence that is green and then they move on. Mm -hmm. And so unless you can spend your entire life following a plague of locusts and eating those locusts, which would not give you any time or opportunity to be a prophet of God, then it's an actual physical impossibility to live off locust bugs. So you're saying locust bugs aren't a whole food? Okay, well, this is the next point. Uh, when we come to whole foods, there are a very limited number of whole foods. And when we're talking about whole foods, we're talking about foods which have uh, enough nutrients in them so that you can actually live off them to the exclusion of all other food. Mm. Now, the Bible's not saying that uh, John the Baptist lived on these things to the exclusion of all other foods, not by any stretch of the imagination. It's saying this was you know, his primary source of what he lived off. Mm. Okay, We understand that. Uh, but there are a few things like soya beans, like rice in its original format, not the kind of highly modified ones that we eat these days. Um, I think 
corn and potatoes are close close to being a whole food, but there are a few of these vegetables in the world that are actually whole food that you can live off to the exclusion of everything else and you won't die. And the locust bean is one of them. Now, the locust bean, of course, is also called the carob bean. It grows on a tree. Now, let's think about this for a moment because the locust bean is actually very easy to preserve. You just dry it out. Mm. In fact, you can't eat it when it's not dried out. If you've ever tried to eat an undried locust bean, believe me, you will never try again. Mm-hmm. It will just turn your mouth inside out. It is the most horrific experience that you will ever have. <laughs> you might guess that I am speaking from experience here. Okay. Um, so this is the thing with the locust bean is that, yes, you're going to have those beans available at certain times of the year, but they will last for years. You dry them out and they will literally last for years. And so you can collect these over a period of time and then have literally a year's supply. Go be a prophet, eat your locust beans, have your wild honey, you're good to go. So this would not be a difficult thing to do from from two perspectives. Number one, there is a ready supply of food. You can have a ready supply of food, which you can't have with locust bugs. And number two, you can't live exclusively off locust bugs, but you can live exclusively off locust beans. Locust bugs, they're just really not um, a balanced diet at all. Um, you could probably keep going for a fair while on them. And there is you know, a lot of evidence that in the Middle East, this was an emergency food. This was never seen as being a delicacy in the, in the region. It was an emergency food and it would supplement the diet of people when the plagues came through. And so in some ways, I guess it may have lessened the plague a little bit and provided food when the uh, green stuff all got eaten up. You live off the bugs, but you're never going to be able to collect you know, a year's supply of dried locust bug, bugs and have them last long enough and not turn very, very horrid mm. uh, to eat during that particular time period. Okay, so I think the evidence is, and I think uh, most scholars these days agree that uh, this was the locust bean and not the locust bug. And, of course, it's good to have Robbie here on the show this morning who's a a, a critical part of Faith FM. But, Robbie, you and I have got... You and I have got something happening on Saturday night. Tomorrow night. Hey, I'm going to be there tomorrow too, night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Are you coming too? Yeah, of oh. course. Well, like, the, the a, a bunch of my producers Shell is going to be oh. there. Mate, this is a Faith FM fest. Daddy and Charissa are going to be there. We're going to have all the people. So what are we doing? All the Newcastle people. We're going to be hanging out and eating food and listening to epic presentations for free. Yes. Like, and not just for me because I'm a, you know, Faith FM VIP, but for (laughs) everyone. Like, everyone gets to come along and eat food and spend time with us. Okay, Robbie's going to do a presentation. I'm going to do a presentation. There's going to be food. Uh, Robbie, you got the details there. When and where? Yeah, so tomorrow night, so July 2, 6.30 p.m. we're starting. It's going to be at the Pioneers Memorial Hall, which is 54, I think it's Cowper Street, Cowper mm. Street, Wall's End. So it's just down the road from here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Pioneer, Pioneer Memorial, Memorial Hall in Wall's End. Mm. Type so that this, into your... GPS and the blue this line. This is going to be, this is the first one that I've been involved with in this part of Australia. We've been mm. doing these, we call them Faith FM community dinners. Mm. We've been doing it all over the country. The last one I did was in Adelaide. 
And uh, it's exciting because we invite all Faith FM listeners in the area to come enjoy a meal, mm. meet some of the presenters from the shows. And uh, like it's been said, we're going to have a couple of two short presentations. I think you're going to talk about prophecy and its yes. impact on the world and that and sort of gonna stuff. And you're going to share your testimony. I'm going to share a how, portion of your testimony. How, yeah, just it's only 20 minutes. I'm going to share how prophecy led me from atheism to a follower of oh. Jesus. That's going to be absolutely epic. So if you're in the Newcastle area, I would love to meet you. Uh, We all would. Come along to the dinner. It's absolutely free. If you can, um, give us a call and just let let us know numbers. That would be great. But if not, just show up. We're not going to kick you away or anything. But if you can, give us a call on 0438 474 So that's 04384 Seven There's only four. one zero at the end, Robbie. There's one too many numbers there. Oh, thank you, producer. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Just show up. Yeah, just turn up. Just turn up. The um, I think they're prepared um, enough. Pi- Pioneer Memorial Hall in Walls End. That's yes. right. And you get if you get really confused on what's going on, again, our number here at Faith FM is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Give us a call. Or you can go to faithfm.com.au slash events, and all the de- details are there. Mm. Just show up. We want yeah, to meet that's right. We want to meet you guys. That's our special giveaway for this evening is a meal. You won't get anything better than that ever here on Faith <laughs> FM. But as you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By His counsel's guide of Sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.